so welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 180. Ah, Fuck you. you. Said it wrong. Fuck you, Fuck you. All right, welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 180, the podcast about fucking media and everything else, where we are two people... Just memes from now on. Yeah. We're just reviewing memes. We are two people with absolutely no classical training or idea of what it is to review things professionally, and thus we ramble on about shit we sometimes like and shit we sometimes don't like. That's literally it. We do four things each. You get through it as quickly as possible because one of us needs to fucking sleep tonight at some point. Probably not going to wake up on time, am I? No. What time are you starting work tomorrow? Nine. That should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to set all the alarms. Just wake up when your alarms go off. I'm going to set all the alarms. Um, well, news, Ant. we got some news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queen's dying. Yeah. Not the band. No. They died a long time ago. When Bohemian Rhapsody came out what? in the eyes no. of people. Um, no, Queen's Queen's got COVID, didn't she? You told me about this. Talk more about it, Anne. Why are you blaming me for it? Well, no, talk, talk more about the Queen and COVID. It's not my fault she's got COVID. Look, it says in our national anthem for Queen and COVID, so it was eventually going to happen, wasn't it? Any other news? Um, Mandalorian finished, didn't it? We got another Marvel thing coming up. Moon Knight is the next one, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. That's going to be good. We've got a trailer for Moon Knight. What do you think of it? Uh, Who is this? Why did you call me Mark? That's my favourite line from the new Moon Knight trailer. Yeah. Uh, well, so we got Batman's out in a couple of couple of weeks. That's exciting. You yeah, excited about Batman? Yeah, is that news? I don't fucking know. What is anything anymore, Ant? We're living in a post-Covid queen world. Mama. The queen could be dead by the time this goes up. You reckon? Mm. Okay. If the Queen's dead by the time this goes up, like, comment, and subscribe <laughs> for more predictions. And the next the... episode will be the um, Prince Charles Coronation special. <laughs> I wonder what his food would be. We could review the um, Pizza Express in Woking. Well, yeah, in... we could do. We could do, do a deep dive. It's royal family Express. related. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's a bit of interesting news, isn't it? Prince Andrew, despite proclaiming his innocence... Has given someone twelve million pounds. I've so, never met. I'm so innocent. I just need to give them twelve million pounds. That's someone fucking he's never insane, met, isn't it? And never sweated on. I still stand by the fact that just because Princess Eugenie doesn't remember the birthday party and Pizza Express Woking, doesn't mean that he didn't go to one of her friends' birthday parties at Pizza Express and Woking. It just means Eugenie wasn't invited. Yeah. Nor was Prince Andrew. Because mm. I mean, you don't often invite. The father of one of your guests, one of your daughter's friends, to masturbate in the bushes near Pizza Express. But you know he could be there. The nearest bushes of the church. No, well, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the nearest bushes of the church. Are you suggesting that Prince Andrew masturbated in the Coin Church? Was it's it the working. Coin Church then? Yeah, it's the Coin Church. Yeah. Even then. Yeah. In yeah. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. The there was one for the Presbyterians. Mm. And it was um, lots of people go to that church, and I really don't understand why. Yeah, they a bit strange. They're like a cult, right? Sort of. Yeah, snakes and something. I don't yeah. know. I know Relig- my religion. mate's brother was one of them. Yeah, what happened to him? Was he another one of those pedos from your school? He gave up on it after a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he um, he used to stop them watching the kids watching Power Rangers and Buffy because it was demonic. I mean. Maybe he just knew what Joss Whedon was really like. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I like the fact that Joss Whedon had that car crash interview recently, and one of the lines was, 
if there was a rule where I shouldn't be left alone with Trachenberg, whatever her name is, the girl, hmm. then uh, I wasn't aware of it. And the interviewer had the perfect chance to say, of course you weren't. You were the one they were keeping away from the person. Yeah. Why would you know about that rule? They would just make sure it didn't happen. Yeah. And he's like, I wasn't aware of it. <laughs> yeah, of course you weren't. You're a fucking weed sex pest cunt. And she was a young woman. Of course they don't want you anywhere fucking near her, you dumb fuck. Joss Whedon. Rapist. Mm. Anyway, and we're going to go on to some reviews, aren't we? You're going first this week, so uh, buckle up, bucko. Why, why are you putting this on me? Why am I putting it on you? Because you're first. Oh. Yeah, you have to do the first review. Oh. So, I haven't really re- planned this out. Pardon? I haven't really planned this out. Stop playing with a fucking Transformer. Get it on it. Get, get it done there. Perceptor. I saw a post today about how um, these two figures I got, Perceptor and Blaster, are now available in the UK. You're reviewing them? I got them two weeks ago. Yeah? You're reviewing yeah. them? Yeah. Wow. Are you reviewing them? No, I was going to review um, Season 3 of Star Trek Deep Space right, Nine. Get on it. Get on it. Season 3 of Star Trek Deep Space Nine finished uh, in, in 1995, <laughs> I guess. Um, hot, Is it the newest on the series? Pulse. Well, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. No, there's four more after that. Oh, of Deep Space Nine sake. specifically. <laughs> Why would there only be three series of a Star Trek? I don't know. They could be really long. Anyway, season three's good times. It's the um, it's the last season where Cisco has hair. Very important. Is this before or after the Fong Song? No, before that was no. So Fong Song came out in two thousand and what three? Yeah. So like that anyway. So they know about the Dominion. They've met the Dominion. Mm-hmm. Odo's gone. I ain't hanging around with no changelings, even though he's a changeling. He doesn't identify with them because you know he was raised outside of there, and he doesn't agree with their ways yes, and all that queen. sort of stuff. He finds out that their, you know, their plan is to dominate everything. Yeah. And now they have a wormhole. They see a whole new sector they can get into. A <laughs> whole, whole, whole new, whole new sector. That's good. But over the course of the series, it does a thing that TV shows have forgotten how to do, which is gradually build up tension and a series-long plot arc. Have a credit sequence. Without having every other episode be entirely devoted to it and know how to set up future events without making it the entire plot of an episode. See, I thought you were going to say have a credit sequence. That's what like, I said. Like, the series finale for this series is basically the thing in space. So they're on board the Defiant. The Defiant's been... Someone sabotaged it, and it's locked on a course to head to a planet that the Federation were at war with at some point in the past. Mm-hmm. And the plan is for this... They've, he said it so that there's whoever sabotaged it has set the ship to head there and attack the planet so that the war kicks off again, destabilising the Federation, making them weaker so the Dominion can get through. Clever. And there's a changeling on board, but the changeling can turn into anyone on the ship, like, perfectly. Not like Odo, who can't mimic people's faces properly. This is before or after it pretended to be Angelina Jolie's son. What? The changeling, the Clint Eastwood-directed film from 2000. That wasn't the same thing. That's a really bad... No one remembers that film. I did! Oh. On Blu-ray and DVD. Anyway, so that's a really good episode, but, like, they establish... That the changelings can perfectly mimic other people in an episode earlier in the series. When when Odo's trapped in a cave with Kira and Kira's trapped in some sort of rock that's gradually progressing up her body and, you know, encapsulating her in rock. Like the Fantastic and Four. Her, and Odo can't figure out a way to save her, and it turns out that Kira's been locked away somewhere and it's really a changeling he's been trapped with the whole time. Oh, okay, so and she's not becoming out, the thing. No. But in this in no, in this this in the previous episode, but is that's how you establish how you're gonna set the stakes for later 
And now you've got the last episode and you know that, you know, not only has this changeling been on board and he's like sent them off on this mission and he's sabotaged all this stuff and can mimic whoever he wants on the ship. But then you find out that there's more of them and that's how the series ends. And that's how you establish like plot arcs for a show and you take your time and you let the show breathe and you have episodes that are about stuff. Just a bit of background information for people who want to know about the changeling. Um, it had a fifty-five million dollar budget and made one hundred and thirteen million in the in in the box office, and also went on to receive three Oscar nominations and eight BAFTA awards. So fuck you, does no one remember it? There's also there was a nineteen eighties film based on the same. Oh, God, no one gives a shit about the Changeling. Just just in case the only they... Changeling anyone cares about is Odo. I mean that's not true. Played is by it? Rene or Bajonois. The the dead guy. Yeah, one of many. From Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I thought you were going to say one of many dead people. <laughs> yeah, it's Which a lot of dead people. We're accurate. Yeah, I'm not accurate. Uh, it's also got a great episode called um, Past Tense. It's a two-parter where, where they've got tense that travel back in time. No, they travel back in time to 2024. Right. Intense. And the key thing about Star Trek that people don't know about, people don't often know, it's literal. No, shut up. Okay. Star Trek is post-apocalyptic. Is it? Yeah. Um, Earth was destroyed in a nuclear. War, like most of the pop, don't they like, go to Earth though? Like something like three billion people were wiped out. They go and then to they, Earth though, all the yeah, time. Yeah, but in the early twenty fourth century, twenty first century, mm-hmm. Earth went into all sorts of war. People got wiped out. There was famine, decay everywhere, all sorts of stuff. Someone invaded Ukraine. And this one is set at a point after the Genix Wars happened and all this after World War Three, and society has taken all the poorest people and they've locked them into these little areas, these encampments. Okay. And they're basically saying, they we're going to give you... Yeah, but they're going to they're gonna give them jobs, they say. Oh, okay. And they just lock them away there and Slave barely labor. feed them, and they don't do anything with them. They just hide them from society. Oh, like we did to the farmers' wives and children during the Boer War when we sort invented of, yeah. concentration camps. But they're not... Con- they're, they're allowed to walk around. They're, not, they're happy camps. But what this is about, this episode, is about a riot that's going to take place, and the person who's meant to be... The person who becomes a hero Odo. of the riot dies, oh. and Cisco has to take his place. And it's sort of like a quantum leap type thing where he has to basically make sure the riot goes ahead, and he can make sure this all happens. So and at he the looks end, in the mirror, and he's got one Drew Pi and a hat with a little pinwheel on top. Almost. And then he goes, "Oh no, I'm a," and then really offensive word no, for a mentally handling person. But he has to take the place of the guy because the guy gets killed by accident. And he has to make sure the riots still happen and that this person does become a martyr, which means Cisco will have to die. <laughs> Except it turns out there's some clever shenanigans, although he probably has to explain a lot to Starfleet when all the photos of this guy turns into Cisco. It's probably why he changed his hair in the next series. So it didn't stand up. You don't play the scene from Quantum Leap. No, friggin', you can't play that scene from Quantum Leap. Because he says a slur. <laughs> And he doesn't say, oh, no. <laughs> it's so bad. Hey, oh, that was never okay. It was okay back then. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. People said it all the time. What? People said it all the really? time. Yeah, yeah. Watch early South Park. I mean, watch current South Park. Watch early Simpsons. Yeah, that's true. But, um, no, but that episode's great. It's a two-part. Uh, it's, got, it's got everyone's favourite character actor, Dick Miller. Dead guy. Yeah, he's dead. Why is everybody you're talking about dead? Because this was made 25 is years Cisco ago. Is dead? No, he's still around. He hasn't acted anything since like the mid-90s, though. He sort of just retired after Star Trek. 
But Dick Miller, legendary. Great, great guy. Have you seen the film I'm Dick Miller? No. Or it's, it's me, Dick Miller. <clears throat> no. It's good. It's no. very, very good. But anyway, the reason I bring up that episode is because there's an episode of Picard coming up because the new series is all about time travel and um, alternate realities and stuff. And one episode is specifically set in 2024. And I'm going to guarantee that they make no reference whatsoever to this past tense episode of Deep Space Nine. And it's not going to, rec- you know, whatever they show there is not going to look anything like what was in the original in Deep Space Nine. And I bet it's just going to be now. And it's just going to be exactly the same. Avery Brooks has three children. Good for him. Why are you, why are you bringing that up? I'm just having a look at Avery Brooks. Why are you looking at Avery Brooks? Just because you were talking about Avery Brooks a lot. No. Oh, yeah, he's in Gargoyles. Yeah. He's had his own... He's had a cop show. What was the cop show he was in before Deep Space Nine? Can't remember what it was Finnegan Born Again? No. Or Begin Again, sorry. Uncle Tom's Cabin? Yeah, that was the name of a cop show. Roots the Gift? He's in that. All Star Trek actors are in Roots. Oh, okay. Uh, American History X? No. The Big Hit? No, before Star Trek. Happily Ever After? Fairy Tales for Every Child? Before Star Trek. IBM commercial starring Avery Brooks? Before Star Trek. Half Slave, Half in Free, Solomon's North Ups Odyssey. That was 84. He had a TV show. It was a detective series. Can't remember what it's called. Oh, Spencer for Hire. Spencer for Hire, that's the one. Spencer for Hire is also the basis for um, Spencer Confidential, the Mark Wahlberg starring Netflix show. No. Oh. With uh, supporting... That's not a real thing. Yeah, it is. What? Yeah. Uh, and it has... How many series did it have? No, it was a film. Well, it wasn't a Netflix show then, was it? No, no sorry, film. Did they whitewash Spencer? No, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, no, Spencer's the white guy, I think. I can't remember. No. Avery Brooks was the, was the guy everyone liked in it, though. Yeah. Because he's great. There's a really good cast in, next, in Deep Space Nine, though. Max Groden checks Rom, finally is fully fleshed out as a character. They start mentioning how he's a technical genius. Even comes up in one episode where Quark has to go away and sort his mum out. Because his mum's been committing the crime of uh, earning profit. Women aren't allowed to earn profit on Fregnar. And they mustn't wear clothes. And it has the brilliant line, Mother, take your clothes off right now. Brilliant. Brilliant. I feel like Star Trek used to have <coughs> social commentary in it, you know? Yeah, it was really quite... It's it subtle. Like, used to be fairly it's insightful subtle. about That episode space. also has the first of many Jeffrey Coombs characters on Deep Space Nine. Like, you remember how Star Trek was the first show to have, like, an interracial kiss? It wasn't, but... I mean, it was one of the Everyone first Everyone always shows... says it was. Oh, okay. One of the first shows to have, like, an interracial kiss. There was a BBC drama, Be It, as well. Like, you not even the... the first American show. Do you remember the uh, the BBC drama that was just lesbian porn? In the Silk, or whatever it was, or... Tipping the Velvet. Tipping the Velvet! <laughs> Had no story. Well, I mean... Which is lesbians. Yeah, good. Yeah, good time. How much story do you need? Get to the good stuff. Well, I'd like a little bit of relationship drama. Yeah, like, I'd like people to chat and act like human beings. Anyway, Star Trek. Yeah, how was that? Really good. Yeah? Would yeah. you recommend this one over the first or second series? Do you feel like yeah, it's getting... Deep Space Nine keeps getting better. Deep yeah. Space Nine is the best Star Trek series. Is it? Yeah. Because a lot of people will argue that it's the next generation or the original. Next generation has that episode that everyone refers to as the racist piece of shit episode. Which one? The one where they um, get ki- where Tasha Yar gets kidnapped by a bunch of African tribes people on the planet. Oh yeah, yeah and they make her fight to the death in a cage match. With- yeah, yeah, and they treat women as prizes because apparently that's what Gene Roddenberry thought our African people were like. Gene Roddenberry, yeah, he wasn't subtle. He, no, he, he tried his best, but I think he had that old thing where he was like, "No, no, black people are fine, but also don't they run fast?" <laughs> 
Like he's one of them who has like all these old, outdated ideas about what black people are like, but he still completely supports equality genuinely. He's like, you know, like the parents in Get Out. Yeah. Where they're trying their best. They'd damn vote it. for Obama a third time if they could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Burr did a really interesting thing. Like, clip. if you got rid of the whole thing where they inhabit <coughs> other people's bodies, they'd probably just be fine. Bill Burr did a really interesting stand-up thing where he was talking about how um, you get, like, white people have good intentions when they say stuff. But the problem is that we've never faced true oppression, for the most part. Uh, someone called me a cracker once. Did they really? No, no, not true. I made it up. I just wanted to put a target on my head. <laughs> I don't really ever think that... You get banned if you say cracker on some websites now. Didn't Hassan get banned off of Twitch for saying cracker? Isn't he a bad person? Yeah, probably. He's very rich from what he does. But then, then people are like... By default. He's like, can't be a socialist because he's rich. And it's like, that's not really how socialism works. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Was well, that your review of Star Trek Deep Space Nine Series 3? I suppose season four's next. It's the soft reboot series. Do you have any zombie episodes? No, I don't. I'm not fucking interested in it. Jesus Christ. Why would I watch this? But the next series has Worf in it. Who? Worf! Who? Michael Dorn, the legend. Is it by any chance a black person playing a character who is born of a warrior species and is stronger than everyone else? Everyone knows who Worf is. Is he from a group that's a racist stereotype, technically? No. The Klingons aren't. He's a Klingon? Yeah. I thought it was someone else. The old crinkly heads, yeah? One of many. Yeah. Like most... But you can't really narrow down Star Trek's aliens by how crinkly their heads are. <laughs> like... <laughs> the old crinkle heads. Um, all right, okay. All right, I guess I'll review a thing. I guess it'll be my turn. No, I fine. watched... After... Whatever, after you know. After watching Scream 1 through 4... Yes, I'm done. After watching Scream 1 through 4... Yes, you are fucking... After watching Scream 1 through 4... I finally... Went to the cinema complex, Anne, and I watched Scream 5. Oh, which cinema? I went to Odeon in Guildford. Oh, not View? No. Not Cineworld? No. Not... Are there any others around anymore? Picture House? Picture House. Yeah, Picture House is still a thing. Prince Charles in London. um, UCI? UCI? Is that still around? BFI? That's still around. Robin Cinema? Robin Cinema? I don't know if that's still around. Um, So, we've got a lot of cinema chains in the UK. I went to go see Scream 5, and Anne, I'll tell you what, it is a fucking weird movie, but it's better than 4. No, better than 3, sorry. 4's really good. 4's really good. It's better than 3. It's not as good as 4. It's not as good as 2. It's not as good as 1. But it's better than 3. And that is glowing praise when it comes to these movies. No, it's actually, it's it's all right. Um, I'll say that. It starts off with a new cast with with characters that are all attached to like, or connected loosely to the original original groups. And to some degree, some of the newer characters from 4 as well. Um, and, and a new killer comes about. The reasons behind that killer are revealed. What's happening is revealed. And then, you know, normal scream stuff. And, you know, as always, there's a bit of meta commentary and shit like that, but... For the most part, it's it's um, it's as as normal. There are a couple of weird, um, a weird things, weird things that I've realised in these films. It's set in a virtual world, and if um, if you die in the game, you die, you die in, in real, real life. life. Yeah, yeah. Frankie Muniz is there. Yeah, and he says the the Blood Queen's behind you. Have you looked at him recently? Yeah, he's not looking great. He's had a lot of heart attacks, Ant. Has he? <laughs> yeah, he had. He has micro strokes. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing what well. He's a race car driver, too. <laughs> you don't want to have a stroke when you're driving. No, you do not want to have a stroke when you're driving a race car. Um, so anyway, so um, it's a really weird film. So 
Um, there are two things I'm going to like, and these are mild spoilers. Oh, you're going to spoil the entire film Very now. mild spoilers. One of the characters, one of the main characters, is Billy Loomis's daughter. Billy Loomis's second father's second cousin's roommate. <laughs> what does that make she, us? Absolutely nothing. So she is the daughter of the original, well, one of the original killers. Oh. And she, throughout the film, will see him in mirrors telling her to stab people to death. And it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like... Is it Skeet Ulrich? Yeah, it's him back. What, did they digitally... Yeah, de-aged him de-aged in mirrors. Him. He's only in mirrors, so they don't really need to do much work. It's just like a small space that you Yeah, because a mirror doesn't look like what person looks like, does it? Famously, well, no, but it's a smaller area. You don't need to do the whole blurry. of their face. It doesn't need to be a 3D image within a reality. It doesn't need to interact. It still needs to be it constructed to... in 3D. Yeah, for... it still needs to be constructed, but it's a simpler process. It's just a little space... Anyway, so he... For close-ups. No, no zooms, nothing like that. When they zoom, he's actually pitched back a little bit, which is very clever. Uh, But anyway, so it's really, really fucking... It's the kind of goofy weird that I really appreciate when a film series has been going for this long. It's like the Saw films, you know, like, it starts out, it's like, oh yeah, he could reasonably knock out a couple of people with drugs and put little helmets on their head or chain them to a toilet. And then by the fourth one, he's like, I've built a spaceship, it's going to fire you to Mars, and if you don't solve the riddle I mean, the next... by the fourth one, <laughs> Jigsaw superpower is time management. Yeah, well, that and, that and uh, genius level intellect able to build traps that make Tony Stark fucking shit in his Iron Man suit. But anyway, in a cave. <laughs> it was scraps. It was a box of scraps. So, Scream, Scream 5. So, yeah, so that's one of the main characters. And then also, mild spoilers, Dewey dies. As what? he was... Because you remember in the original Scream, Dewey was meant to die, and Wes Craven wanted to kill him, and then he didn't because the audience reaction... Why are you spoiling Dewey. that? So, Dewey gets killed in this. What's, it's Why in the trailers. It? I don't care. So, Dewey gets Dewey killed. Dewey gets stabbed in every single one of these films. They hint that he's going to die in each Yeah, that's film. true. But okay, so but here's the problem. In this one, it seems like the killer might have supernatural strength because the two people that are revealed to be the killer aren't that strong. But when Dewey dies, they put two knives in him and then lift his entire body off the ground with those knives. And when you see who the killers are, you know that it's physically impossible for that person to do it. No, guess it's so. like literally two knives, either like his front and his back, and they go. Wah! I lift him in the air. That's doable. I could do that. David Arquette. Yeah. Yeah, I could do that, David Arquette. You could. But anyway, so that that aside, I had a lot of fun watching this. It's gory again. There's a lot of actual practical gore as well. It's not just like CGI blood everywhere. There is some daytime kills, which are really interesting in the series because a lot of time people just killed at night. So some daytime kills. And there's some really nice set design. There's some really good, like, um, really good... Uh, progression to the kills and they, they, they go through different environments and I like that it's really nice but I have realised something about the screen movies that I need to talk about and that is how do these motherfuckers never turn up injured in a way that matches the beating they get in some of these films because I rewatched Scream 2 no Scream sorry someone gets a bike thrown at them they get bottles lobbed at their face and their chest they get like, and then literally Billy goes and takes his top off in front of Sid in like the next scene and he's like hey Sid do you want to have sex he's like that was definitely you in the garage getting balls pelted at your fucking face like if you 
you take a minor run past a bush, you can get scratched. How is he walking out there just like, hey, Sid, I feel absolutely fine. No, this isn't makeup. <laughs> like, he wouldn't. That would stop the film from happening. I know, but I'm just, I'm really interested. So why, today. why did they make the decision to have the people pelt them with bottles and bikes and everything else? Why not just have the killer sneak a mask? The mask isn't bulletproof, mate. How do you know? Fair point. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I, I actually really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. It was very silly. Um, as I said, it's it's like the fourth best entry in this series, but it like when it comes to one, two, and four, they're fucking incredible horror films and they're really fun, so it's not a bad place to be. At least it's not worse about than the three. TV show. TV show is not bad. No, no one watched it. You I watched two seasons. This I didn't watch the third. Three, no. Did not watch the third. The first two seasons tie into like it's it's very loosely screen based. It's not like it's not a retelling of the films or anything. It's just someone who wears a mask to try and get revenge for family drama that destroyed their lives. I didn't watch any of it. No, you didn't. Look shite. Uh, but anyway, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Scream Five. I'm gonna give it uh, Matthew Lillard. It's pretty great when it turns up, but it doesn't turn up often. So you know, it's nice to have one of these again. Might be making a, f- a sixth one. I think they've already got the backing to do it. Yeah, yeah it's coming uh, out this next year. This, is it next this, year? This year. This year. Probably. No, it's next year. I think they're filming in summer. So yeah, next year. No, it'll be this year. There's not exactly much post production on these. No, that's true. Unless they get Billy Loomis, they de-age him again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, saying, I enjoyed it. You're saying Skeet Ulrich doesn't look exactly the same now. No. Did you ever watch, what was the series he did when everything got nuked? What? Part, Jericho. Part of your five. No, Jericho. Was he in Jericho? I, I think he was the main guy in Jericho. Clive Barker's Jericho. No, it was a different one. For the one. Xbox no, that 360. Wasn't, that wasn't the video game. <laughs> Clive Barker, what were you smoking when you came up with the idea for that video game? Y2J. Psychic soldiers take on demons through hell. Y2J, Chris Jericho. Yeah. The wrestler. Yeah. Your review app. I was trying to think of another Jericho. You didn't give me enough, enough time. He's just necking a two litre bottle of ginger yeah, beer. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Get on it. Disgusting. Hurry up. Disgusting. You hurry up, mate. Uh, I got Cruising Blast. Oh, yeah. How is it? Cruising. It's got a Game song. over, yeah! Um, cruising Blast is a new entrance in the, I guess, the Cruising US. Well, it's Cruising series, isn't it, really? Because they're all called something different. Yeah, they're like based, on the, based on the film starring Al Pacino. Yeah, definitely. Um, Where he pretends to be this a one's, This down one's down a directed killer. by Eugene Jarvis, which people. Who? If you know your video games. I mean, I do, but who? He's the guy who made Robotron 2084 what? and Defender. What? Like classic. Proper games. No, proper games is like Joust. He made Joust. He made Joust? Yeah. Fuck off. I'm pretty sure he did. I can't sure? All right, racist. Eugene Jarvis made a bunch of games. Really popular, but he's come back to do a new one. Cruising Blast is like um, really fun. It's like super arcadey, over-the-top action racing. John game. Newcomer, racist. Newcomer. <laughs> you don't want him to be an old-comer, do you? No. But anyway... <clears throat> Um, in Cruising Blast, you race through a variety of tracks, as racing games have you do, with a variety of wacky vehicles, mostly sports cars, but you start unlocking, like, tanks and fire engines and shit. Skateboards. And motorbikes. Skateboards. Probably not skateboards. I don't believe in them. Chocobos. They're not real. 
Jigabo? Skateboards don't exist. Yeah, yeah, it's scooters. A lot like, um, do you remember Beatles Adventure Racing? Yeah. Where the courses get a bit zany sometimes. Yeah. It's like that, but for the whole thing. And Oh, that sounds arduous. Yeah, it's great. It's really fast. <laughs> um, and all the, like, the way they've made the courses is like a lot of the times you'll be racing down the same sections, but they'll introduce new obstacles and new weather and things like that to mix it up a bit, to make it feel a bit different. The only stages so far that kind of felt a bit sort of lame was there's somewhere there's a helicopter shooting at you, which can knock you off the track and interfere with you, but it's just kind of, it doesn't really ever hit you. It's not doing much. It's kind of boring on some of the tracks. Satoru um, Iwata was the person who who programmed Joust for the NES. Oh, well done. Let's go through. What the fuck is going on out there, Ann? It's windy. So anyway, windy. Cruising Blast is really, really solid. Lots of stuff to unlock. You unlock stuff. Do you remember when you used to be able to do that? Yeah, I played Smash Bros. Uh, Ultimate and you unlock stuff. Yeah, but you didn't, you'd have to pay for it. No, you didn't. You unlock stuff. No, I mean, who cares about Smash Bros. Ultimate? I want about how video games don't let you unlock stuff these days. It's all friggin' uh, cheat codes uh, and characters uh, and stuff. I don't, I, don't mean to, I, don't, I don't mean to upset you here, but there is a whole genre of games in which you unlock stuff to progress in the game. I'm sorry. Okay, how about your your video games nowadays where they're all trying to sell your skins and cars and night stuff like that? I'm talking about there's actual games where you unlock things to progress in the game. Like Legend of Zelda? That's not the same thing you're more on. But you don't pay for any of it, you unlock it. Mongoloid. (laughs) I friggin'. Am I? (laughs) I'm not gonna do the scene from Quantum Leap. I almost did. I almost did. No, I know what you mean, dude. I know what you mean. Like, there aren't many games nowadays where you can actually unlock stuff. Like, a lot of times they don't reward you for completing the game. The, the game being completed is meant to be the reward. Uh. No, the game being completed is meant to be your prompt to buy a £19.99 DLC pack to see more levels. That's what completing the game is about nowadays. But Cruising Blast is all about just, just, started playing in my head. just doing stuff and having fun. Bow, 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 bow. There's a stages where like the Millennium, the um, Millennium London Falcon. Eye is rolling through London and smashing through things. And <gasps> like in, like in cool. G.I. Joe, Rise of There's one where um, Yetis <gasps> Like in the Mummy 3, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yeah, much bigger. Much bigger. More like Kong-sized Yetis. Which makes them... Like in 2005, J- Peter Jackson's King Kong. No. Oh. No, then London Eye doesn't roll around the place in G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yes, it he gets blown up. The whole London gets blown up. You drop a giant tungsten rod in London and it destroys the entire city. Everyone dies. G.I. Joe Retaliation has London being wiped out while the bad guy plays, like, fucking Angry Birds on his phone. <laughs> Was it can? Yeah, it's Angry Birds, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, Cruising Blast, good fun. Can't go wrong. It's just simple, simple, silly fun. And also check out the film Cruising from 1982. No, what? don't check it out. It's a good film. No, it's a lot more hyperactive than the old ones. The old lot ones less were clever than Al Pacino wears. What? what are you on about? In the new Cruising last game. What are you on about? Stop. Cruising, starring Al Pacino. Shut it. Let me just quickly bring up the information for you so you know no. more about Cruising. Don't care about Cruising. Cruising? Anyway, your review, I guess. One second, I'm going to review the 19... 19- no, you want, you oh, want sorry, to keep, you 19- want to keep talking all the time. It was freaking- the 1980s movie Cruising, starring Al Pacino. Let me just quickly... No, you... A psychopath th- is scaring New York City gay clubs and viciously bollocks. slaying homosexuals. 
Detective <clears throat> Steve Burns, Al Pacino, is ordered to don leather attire, hang out the city's S&M joints, and keep an eye out for the killer. But as Steve becomes immersed in club hopping, he begins to identify with the subculture more than he is expected. Meanwhile, Steve behaves distantly around <clears throat> his girlfriend, Nancy. He's played by Karen Allen. The police forces, forces homophobia becomes apparent and the killer remains at large. Mm. Yeah. William Friedkin directed that. Mm. Really good director, isn't he? Mm. Oh, Willie Freed. Huh? 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 What do you think? Anyway, I watched the whole of series one of uh, Vox Machina, the new critical role series on Amazon, in which a group of foul-mouthed individuals go on D&D adventures, and it's animated, much like uh, that that Netflix <coughs> series, uh, what was it? Um, the one about fucking League of Legends or whatever. No, it sounds terrible already. Uh, it was actually all right. It's actually kind of fun in places. Uh, they're, a, they're a ragtag group who work together to defeat various evils and hopefully get a little bit rich as they do so. Huh? 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 But they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, aren't they? It's not them playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's actually stories based on the campaign from Critical Role that was a YouTube series. Oh. Yeah. Um, and they sort of... I can't think of anything worse. They have the same anarchic uh, <clears throat> sort of sort of um, humour. It's more like, like a little bit of that Deadpool modernised language humour in there. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a bit of fun, really. Uh, it's it's very light entertainment. Sometimes, you know, uh, I think the magic of being in the moment and being able to role play a character and, and do whatever. Part of the magic of that is having people weigh up their choices and come up with a way of potentially beating an enemy or escaping a situation. And that is lost on what is you know a scripted series and an animated series that's that's based on those sorts of things. But other than that, it's, it was, yeah, as I said, it's just a lot of cheeky fun. You know, lots of cheeky, silly, fun stuff. Fun stuff with a lot of famous people in it. There's Stephen Root. Uh, you know, there's uh, Ashley Johnson, is that her name? The one from uh, Avengers. She does the voice of a lot of people in... Uh, She's the last of us. She's the last of us. Um, do you want me to just keep interrupting you? And no, I mean, you can stuff? do. No, you can do I'm not going to. No, no, I'll let you do your review. Want to ask some questions? No, no questions. It's not the point of a review. You're supposed to just... Well, you know... Say the stuff. It was, as I said, you know, nine, eleven episodes, twelve episodes. <laughs> you don't know how many episodes it was. <laughs> It's 12 episodes. Were you paying attention? It's in 4K. It's on Amazon Prime. If you oh, Amazon 4K, Prime. that makes a difference. Animation. Not really. It's just fucking... It's all... Make sure you've got motion smoothing on. Because <laughs> animation's meant to be filmed. It's meant to be... It's meant to have 60 frames per second, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. That's why animation... That's why Tom Cruise always says, turn on motion smoothing. Mm. Go to your family's house, turn on motion smoothing, and watch one of my rip-roaring action films the way it's meant to be watched. With motions, motions moving on full. I'm Tom Cruise, Scientologist extraordinaire. Go and check out my new movie, The Mummy, in cinemas 2015. Starring me and Russell Crowe. 
as Mr. Hyde. Spoilers. Um, Vox Machina is fine. It's fine. It's another one of these shows, and as I said, like the magic of watching one of those D&D YouTube shows is that you've got a group of people having a good time and just going, what if I kicked him in the balls? Roll a dice to kick him in the balls. Oh, you kicked him in the balls. And then someone going and doing a silly voice and going, yar, you kicked me in me, pirate balls. And some of that's just not there. But obviously, not a lot of people have the imagination to, to in their mind, see the situation they're being told about and instead need this visual sort of medium to really understand what's happening within the realms of a D&D game. So, uh, so yeah, that's who this is for. I am going to give it a... I am going to give it a Michael Myers... Not in the Love Guru, not in Goldmember, but in The Spy Who Shagged Me, the second Austin Powers film. At your review, please. Not in Wayne's World. At your review, please. Uh, Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2 are fucking uh, almost, almost perfect films. Oh, is it my, my turn to I just said review oh, something. It's my turn to yeah, yeah. I'm going to review something. I'm not going to interrupt you because you don't like it when I interrupt you. So you, you can't you help yourself. Me. I love talking to you, Hank. You love talking? To you about the stuff you enjoy. Hmm. Because I like to find out about stuff. What people don't realise is I do this when we're not recording the podcast. We had a conversation the other day <clears> that started out just a very brief conversation about one Transformer that spiralled into us having a conversation about the largest Transformer and then me trying to visualise what you told me was a Transformer if city. If you want to visualise it, give me 300 quid. I'm I'll not buy... giving you money to buy a Transformer city. I want a really big Transformer. Alright, just review whatever you're going to review. I want a robot son. I just review whatever you're going to review. Um, I watch Smiling Friends... Oh, you watched it all? Yeah, it's some show made by some YouTuber cunts. I don't know who they are. Um, I have no idea. Zach something or the other. Zach McCracken? Probably not. Um, Zach Galifianakis? Probably not. Zach Snyder? (laughs) Zach Kvitae Brian? (laughs) (laughs) Zatrick Dempsey? Yeah. But anyway, it's a show... Why did I say that? It's a show about two guys, Charlie and Pim. Pim's like, you know... (laughs) Pim's an eternal optimist. Pim Pim's really happy. Yeah. He's all the time really happy. He's got an exposed nerve ending on the top of his head. <laughs> and you know, and his buddy Charlie, and their job is to make people smile. I'm watching the fucking TV. <laughs> they get a job. They get given a job, someone's sad, they have to go make him smile. Yeah. And it's eight episodes and each one's only ten minutes long. Yeah. So, you know, you can watch it while you're having your dinner. <laughs> or having a poo. I don't know. Whatever you fancy do. But um, it's really good. It's full of loads of voices you may recognise. Chris Chan. No, Chris Chan wasn't in it. You recorded a voice for it. No, they were gonna, but then they decided not to because apparently Chris Chan was demanding loads of money. Um, Because Chris Chan's Chris Chan. And then they got someone else to do the voice instead. Um, Harry Partridge did the voice. Oh, okay. Who's that? Um, it's animator. Did Saturday Morning Watchmen and stuff like that years okay. ago. He's just animator. My, my mate went to school with him. No idea. Um... <clears throat> but um, no, that's Mike Stuckglasser in it. It does indeed. I know that guy. twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those shows where you know it's Adult Swim, anarchic humour, very very surrealist and silly, and all the characters. 
It's doing the whole, you know, like how Bojack Horseman was all like um, animals and human characters all living together. And this mm-hmm. is just pushing that even more extreme where it's like everyone's something. No one's. No some one. people are human. Yeah, but some people are human who are animated like they're rotoscoped. And yeah, there's like some are just drawn like normal humans. Some are drawn as humans with giant heads and. Everyone's a bit weird. And then there's some people who are like, you know, mascots. And one of them's just a human who's filmed in one episode. Oh, yeah. Salties. No, there's mm-hmm. also... Salties. Isn't there also the woman who does the show about Mr. Frog is is human? No, she's there's a report... Yeah, that was... um. Oh, who's this? It's the actress. I can't remember her name. But, um, yeah, they got an actress to do it. Not crazily, say. Someone else. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, the show's really funny and fun. I quite liked it. Just just nice, stupid, goofy stuff. The stories always go in surprising directions. There's like loads of really like subtle like the fun ways they foreshadow stuff all the time. Yeah. That one when he goes, The Renaissance men are coming <laughs> and he's just like, What does that mean? I just don't, I don't this know. is the Renaissance men are coming, man. I don't know. And then there's just a bunch of guys in like Monty Python gear and like like um uh, Morning Prof and the Holy Grail gear turn up and just people. start firing arrows at the frowning friends. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, it's just a really good time. I like the Devil episode. That's one of my favourites. The last one we, where, spoilers for the series, Charlie dies. Yeah. Um, but then he has to fight his way out of hell by making the devil smile, doing it's, what he does best. He doesn't even really fight his way out of hell. There's like, I love the montage of him travelling through hell and he's just like hiding behind shit. <laughs> just like, just walking around the place. I liked, um, there were loads of references to different things, like, you know the episode where they go on a quest, and mm. it looks just like Raz, uh, Frank and, what is it, Frank and Baskin, or whatever the... You're going to try and figure out who it was who directed the animated Lord of the Rings yeah, film? Yeah, it's, 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 it's the Hobbit, it's, it's, it's Bilbo from Lord of the Rings. Do you want the name of the person yeah, who directed it? It's Ralph Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi, that's Ralph Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi. Bakshi. Who also did... Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he did films such as the Fritz the Cat Secret of Nim Coontown or Coonskin that was a thing wait wait a second yeah let's talk about that thing for a second what? You probably shouldn't what the fuck is it? it's actually like considered one of the like most important pieces of like black art cinema really? yeah he's is not Ralph- black no I was gonna <laughs> say <laughs> But it was a film, he grew up in like a, a black area and he hired loads of people he knew from that area to play characters based on that area. To like, you know, to show what life was like in New York in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he gave it a name that you just don't, you're not going to put on the front of a DVD case nowadays. I'm just saying the name of the film. Uh... Let's talk about Smiling Friends some more. Yeah, I liked... Um... There were some some fucking great jokes in Smiling Friends. I loved the murder mystery Salties. Yeah, where they try and get the they try and they try and find out what's happened to Salty, and it's like, oh, it was it was and like the fucking the pep, salt and pepper come in and stab him, like it was the salt and pepper shaker, and it's like, oh wait no, he was he was already dead. <laughs> so let's just rewind a bit more. And I was like, and oh, we were changing the um, drinks in the Coca Cola machines all day. Because what you're doing that all day? No, he's fuck off to the cupboard to have a little kiss. <laughs> so I love what you have going on there. Um, I like the callbacks to Salties as well. Later on in the Devil episode as well, the Devil gets food in. Yeah, from Salties. It's just Salties. It's like, oh god! It's at the end of the episode after the mystery's been solved and the 
the mascots of Round 3 and they're ravaging the town, destroying it, tipping a bus over on someone. The little salt and pepper are kissing in the street. You can see a little black and white dot kissing in the middle of the street <laughs> next to the guy's dead under oh, the bus. Oh, God. And um, they leave and Pim's, Pim's like, I'll tell you what, next time I'll choose where we go to eat. It's just like... Oh. I love that. They just like, they call up the police and the police go, okay, we've, um, you know, we've, what is it? Fucking contracted out investigations to murder to another department now. Yeah, they put the phone down, their phone rings. <laughs> it's just like their boss going, yeah, we're taking over investigations for murder. Um, no, I guess we're on the case. <laughs> I loved... I I loved the episode where uh, where Pim has to go and get some firewood. And he no, goes don't go over the bridge. Don't go over the bridge. He ends up going oh, over the bridge. You get lost! <laughs> he meets a demon and then... <laughs> He gets chased by the demon back to the smiling friend's headquarters. At which point, the people at the party just go, "Just go, hey, is that guy in blackface?" He's like, "No, no, no, I'm actually a forest demon." Hey, yo, you blackface? That's not cool, bro. And then, That's the rotoscope guy. And then Charlie's Charlie's response is, "See, this is why I don't dress up for Halloween." <laughs> um. I liked uh, I liked the ongoing narrative about his uncle's trick driving issue. It's like, yeah, my my uncle uh, he takes these pills to to keep him calm after he had the accident. It's like, what accident? He goes, well, I drove a bus into like six people. It's like, yeah, your dad, your uncle has a lot of troubles with cars, doesn't he? he goes, yeah, my uncle loves fast cars. No, <laughs> 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 yeah. Mr. Frog episode. There's a Jimmy Kimmel. They've got that guy doing Jimmy Kimmel. He just keeps slapping the desk. Yeah. Um, I love the replacement for Mr. Frog is just their mate. He just goes and spits on stuff. Yeah, glip. Glip, there you go. Just spits in everyone's <laughs> face. There they go. Yeah! <laughs> all the executives are drawn like family guy characters. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's a really good time. And they're getting a second series, which is nice. Um, hopefully more episodes. Let them, let them do as many episodes as yeah, they feel eight, like. Yeah, eight episodes isn't really enough, um, isn't it? I saw someone describe it as being like, um, what's that friggin' not chowder? What's the one with the weird goldfish guy on Cartoon Network? No idea, mate. It's one on Cartoon Network where the animation styles are always different the whole way through the show. Every character's animating different styles and different forms. Yeah, I have no idea, mate. I can't remember it's called, but it's one of the ones... It's not Chowder. Chowder's similar, though. Chowder does that as well. But someone said it was like that, Fred. I can't remember what it's called. I'll remember it eventually. But anyway, that's um, Smiling Friends. It's not on anymore. No, it's not on right now, anyway. Yeah, it finished. Channel 4 showed it all. Yeah. It was on Channel 4. Can you believe it? Like a month after it was on everywhere else in the world. Because we always get stuff late. Has Peacemaker actually been on in the UK yet? No. 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 No, 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 no. Anyway, what's your next review? Well, this is my third, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Well, is it my third? Yeah. Okay. So for my third review, I am going to review all four seasons of the TV show Casual on Amazon Prime. What? A TV show that ran from 2015 to 2018 and um, was previously a Hulu show, I believe. Never heard of it. No one has, Ant. No one fucking has. Oh. Despite the fact that it's got a lot of well-known actors and actresses in it, no one has heard of it. Casual is very simply the story of a woman who suddenly finds herself getting divorced 
And with no other option, she decides to move in with her rich brother. And he takes in both her and her daughter. And they just become a very loving family unit with destructive tendencies. And as the season goes on, you you find more and more out about the family, who they are, and their reality. And it just, it you know, it's just a very well-made slice of life sort of almost sitcom, but it's got some drama elements to it. Does she steal all her brother's money and take him from No, no, nothing like that what happens. What the fuck is wrong with her? So, I'm, I'm going to go into detail of this, and I'm just going to, you know, because, I, again, I don't think anyone's seen it, and it's on there, and it's actually really good. Um, the, the whole series starts out that, yeah, she's a fairly well, well-off um, psych- psychiatrist who has, like, a group of patients that she what does well-known with. people are in this? What well-known people you are in this? You said well-known people are in this. Who plays the lead character? They're not well-known. Oh. Um, anyway, so, um, so I'll get a, I'll get a cast list up while I talk about this. So, yeah, so she's a she's a psychotherapist and, um, or, a, or a therapist. I don't know which, what the difference is. Um, and he is a, he designs um, websites. And he specifically designed a website where he was looking for an algorithm that basically used all the data you input to match you with people, much like a dating website, but it was more accurate and it basically meant that people uh, would find partners that would be long-term partners. And that was, that turns out to be something that's, that's a bad business plan because if you don't have repeat customers, then you sort of push yourself out of the market because you've got a dwindling supply of customers because you're actually matching them off with people that are appropriate to them. So so that's something that comes up in the series. But all in all, um, yeah, really interesting. It's it's the kind of thing where there are actual um, storylines and, like, they put sex-positive people, like... So she, after getting her... Oh, divorce, so it's woke. <laughs> She, after getting her divorce, starts dating people and starts saying that she's looking to have fun and actually appreciate her time with other people and it not just being... Ew. divorcees, no thanks. And she's also been preggers, mate. Uh. <laughs> and he, um, he's, he's very much like a single person who has no intention of settling down. And you think by the end of the season, he's going to settle down. You think by the end of the series, that's sort of where it's moving things to. Spoilers, it doesn't go anywhere near there. Neither of them end up with lifelong partners by the end of this. In fact, they don't really end up knowing any better what their lives are going to look like, but they're taking chances on the relationships they've built over the course of the series. The final episode, in fact, has the brother breaking down in tears because there is a massive shift in both of their lives happening because he has decided to move closer to where his daughter will be, which is a storyline from the third season. And he says... I'm terrified of not doing this with you because his sister has been such a big part of their lives. And like, oh, and so this is going to be an incest. No, thing. no, there's no incest. They're basically like Clive Owen movie. The whole, the whole thing about the, the whole reason that she turns to her brother and not her parents, or something that would be the traditional structure, is because when they were very young, both their parents were super hippies and just opted out of doing the parenting thing. Like when they, when they were both teenagers, their parents were off following bands on tour and fucking other people and just not being ideal parents, not really parenting their children. So their children did very well despite what their parents have done. And so when we're introduced to their parents, they're both incredibly negative people. In fact, the father 
chooses to die rather than live with what he discusses as a manageable amount of pain for the rest of his life. He says, no, I don't want to live with pain. I'm just going to kill myself rather than live with pain. They're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? He goes, no, I've signed all the forms. I've done all the stuff. And he just chooses to opt out of life. Just goes like, your mother, she's off fucking some dude in a commune and things like that. Eventually, she does die as well. And they go to her funeral. And they're there in the funeral. The only family members that have turned up. Everyone else who has turned up are all these hippie people who have doing interpretive dance and things like that and speaking at the funeral about these transcendent experiences. And it's all ridiculous shit that means nothing. And they barely knew this woman that they seemed to hold in high regard, whereas all the kids knew her for real and knew what she was like. And they're just bursting out laughing at these ridiculous people telling stories of this personality and this this presence and this aura. In reality, she was a fucking awful woman who didn't care about any of them. Because all their stories end with her just disappearing. Even the people that hold her in this high regard... She only spent a week with them and then disappeared out of their lives. She's so um, enigmatic. <laughs> Psychotic. What uh, a free personality. <laughs> Wait, what? A free personality. No, yeah. You just can't be tethered down. <coughs> but yeah, it's... it's it goes with anywhere the wind blows. There, There's like... Conflicts are even handled naturally and realistically. There's a moment where the main character... As I said, he ends up having a daughter with a person who comes to live with him because he loses his job. And as I said, the business plan... The model itself isn't a great idea. But he's Actually, rich, right? Pardon? He's rich, isn't he? He's rich by that point, Why yeah. Why don't you have a daughter with the help? What? He didn't have a daughter with the help. It's someone who moves into his house. And they have really good chemistry. They're yeah, friends. Yeah, they're made. No, they're friends. Oh. And she lives there. She pays him rent. She just She's a lodger, essentially. They end up getting drunk, having sex, and that one-night stand results in her having a kid. And whilst they're very good friends, and whilst they care about each other massively, they aren't... You know, oh, together. That's not smart. You're meant to do it with the, um, with the like, you know, the. Are you talking about the Arnold? Example? The maid that yeah. you can easily get exported out of the country if she does get pregnant. So they end up. That's what rich people do. He ends up thinking that he's in love with this woman. He's not. And in the last series, he almost jeopardizes that relationship and the possibility of having a better relationship with his daughter. Think that he is in love with her, but then accepts that no, he's not. He's craving that family union that he never had as a kid but like the whole thing is great it's really fucking well acted and it's a really good series and the story works fantastically I haven't even spoken about the daughter and the daughter's on this emerging journey of like finding out who she is and finding answers to what she believes about life and and, and how she fits into the world and how you know her relationships will will create or like shape her in the future and she does everything she can to sort of really get into these relationships. But then she also realistically and honestly has conversations with her mum. And later on comes... Are you sure this isn't the Gilmore Girls you've been watching? No, uh, the Gilmore Girls isn't as interesting as this. And has less sets. Can what... And has less sets. This has a lot of different environments. Fudge. But yeah, all in all, really, really good series. It's really interesting. It's fantastically acted. Everyone has, like, great great places and they all do end up in in some positive situation or at least to some extent some positive situation and and you know and just they have more positivity in and of themselves and their existence and and what they're doing with their lives and i think that's great i think it's it's nice that there's a series where everybody's not ending up fucking each other and just like it's like oh we've just ended up in the familial unit you know like you don't want everyone to be like every cast member and friends except for joey (laughs) You want people to have realistic expectations and outcomes to their lives. Um, okay, so but you can't tie Joey down. Joey's a free spirit. If he sees a hot lady, Judy Greer, isn't it? Oh, you found one. 
Yeah, Judy Greer, isn't it? Yeah, is um, she the main lady? She's she's one of the partners of someone. Yeah. Um, Eliza Coop's in it. Hey. She's she's in loads of stuff. She's in like Scrubs. She was in Future Man, all the other stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Tim Sharp's in it. No, don't know. Uh, Kerry Kenny's in it. No. These are all actually very good actors and actresses. Chase Crawford's in it. No. Fish Guy. You remember Fish Guy from uh, The Boys? Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Chung's in it. Uh, you know who Jamie Chung is? No. No? Maybe. Was she in something? Oh, she's definitely been in something. Yeah. Yeah, loads of people. Fist deep in your ass. I mean, I wish. Uh, Michaela Watkins and Tommy Dewey are the two main actors in it. Um, and Tara Limbar is the daughter. Um, and Nyasha... Sorry, Nyasha... Nyasha? Nyasha Hatendi is uh, is also one of the main cast. But um, but yeah, really, really good cast. Really great people. Oh, Zach Orff's in it. Kyle Brunheimer. Francis Conroy. You can keep going down the whole list. Francis I'm not going to know, you know any Francis of Francis Conroy is? No. Okay. Uh, anyway. Is is anyone really good like James Woods in it? Or John Voight? Basically, you want to know if there's any You know, a great <laughs> actors. No, it's, it, is, it is really good. And honestly, I Kevin think... Kevin Sorbo. I think if people like programs or like shows like Friends that are more extreme versions of like a sitcom where everything is a joke and everything's a setup for a joke, then fine. But this is like, it has jokes, it has humour. It's also very, very good in some episodes at dealing more more... Uh, Difficult subject matter. Um, I mean, like, the relationship between the brother and the sister is great. And there is stuff like they reveal in the later series, they they sort of of show you flashbacks to how, like, they handled struggles in their lives. And they do also always turn to each other. Like, there is a moment where she's 23 and she's having a kid with the guy that, you know, ends up being her husband who cheats on her. But she's 23. She has has the kid on the way. And, um, and, like... He disappears from the scene. Her partner disappears from the scene. So her brother's like getting really excited and like he suddenly has focus in his life. Like he's basically just going to work. But he's and... rich. No, no, no. Not at that point. It's sent, it's sent in the past. So at that point, he's like just sort of trying to work out what he wants to do. He's just working dead end jobs and not really doing anything with himself. But he gets really excited about, about the prospect of having a focus. And so he's like buying all, her all the shit from like Babies R Us and like going to Lamar's classes and actually reading up and studying. And he's like, I've got something to study again. <laughs> like there's like this sort of weird like excitement to having a goal, having something that's going to happen that he can help with. And it's really good. Like, this does really sound like they were heading towards incest. Because he's helping her have a kid. He wanted to have a baby with his girl. With his no, sister. he's helping her have a kid. Mm. And, do you know what helping people? With? Wait a second. Hmm. Are you, be, are you have you been on those men's rights websites again? <laughs> are you saying that the friends, his sister the friends to move in with him? The gets friends really the excited when biggest... she gets pregnant because now he can start buying baby stuff for his sister. Are you the one that wrote that essay about how Hitler got friend zoned and that's why we got World War Two? Hitler II? didn't get friend zoned. He had Ava Braun. He only got Ava Braun after he got friend zoned. Well, get and money, went mad. get. Friggin you know how it goes. Get money, get bitches. Like fucking <laughs> Mo money, mo bitches. Yeah. That's what Hitler said. <laughs> mo problems. Mo problems. <laughs> mo Valkyrie. Mo Mo cyanide and bullet to the head. Yeah. Um but yeah, casual. Really fucking good series. They never actually identified his body, you know. Did they not? No. Uh 
Did you ever watch the series um, that was about the Jewish people that hunted Nazis in 1970s America? It was the one that was on Amazon Prime, and it was Al Pacino again for some reason. Jack Al Pacino. Kirby. Pun? Jack Kirby. No, it was Al Pacino and Jack Logan. Jack Kirby Logan. used to punch Nazis. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, of course he did. He's a good guy. If you can, <laughs> always punch a Nazi, because mm. they're cunts. I'm not calling for violence against people that aren't Nazis, but if you get the chance to ch- to punch someone like... What's that? What's that little fucking American cunt? Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer. You get the chance to punch Richard Spencer in the face. Punch him in the face. Oh yeah. Also, he goes down like a sack of bricks. I wouldn't say that much. It goes down like a paper bag. <laughs> like goes down like a, a wet blanket. Fucking. Well, the, he ain't got any mast. No, it? that's what I mean. Sack of bricks going down. That's that's like well, that's... sack of bricks suggests some level of toughness. Is it? Yeah. At no, least. No. No. Sack of bricks is like because it's just you collapse. Yeah. There's no structure to it. He folded. He did fold. Fold like a like a paper suit. Anyway, casual. I'm gonna give it to Tom Atkins. I really fucking enjoyed it. And I got a little bit emotional at the end. I'm not afraid to admit that. What's that one with Clive Owen where he fucks his sister? Uh closer? Possibly. I can't remember. Is, Is it closer? I don't know, it was years ago. Before he was well known. Old boy? No, it's not Clive Owen. It's freaking talking like um early nineties. Oh right, yeah, closer. No, it's older than that. It's not closer. I saw it when I was a kid. Actually, I'm going to give casual... I'm going to give casual a Gina Davis, actually. I really enjoyed it. You don't always expect to enjoy a sitcom, but I really enjoyed it, and it's, it's a good fun time. I recommend everybody check it out. And your review, your last review, are you going to re- review the, the Boba Fett? Uh, and you're gonna review Boba Fett, and 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 what are you doing? Hold on, just Google Clive Owen incest movie. This is the one he was. It wasn't bent. Um, here you go. Look, Clive Owen incest movie. Close my eyes. 1991. There, you, yeah, that's the. Why don't you just fucking Google stuff like a real human being? You. Flicking through IMDb. A strange brother and sister begin an intense sexual relationship behind the curtain of their otherwise normal working class. Like, they're quite posh. Oh, and it's got... um, Alan Rickman. It's got actors in it. Yeah, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Why do you keep bringing up dead people, Ant? Come on, get your fucking review. Come on, next one. Ant, next review. Stop looking at incest porn. I'm just trying to see if there's anyone else famous in it. No, there isn't. Next review. No. This one. There's one character in it. There's an actor called Job John Albacini, and he plays young man, but he's like sixty in the photo on IMDb, which is always funny. Oh, here you go. This is this is good for you. God bless America. I've seen that. Yeah, the girl who plays it's got from she's in Malignant. Wait, is this the same? Oh, okay. Yeah, the girl in God Bless America is the sister in Malignant. Oh, she's also the the daughter in this in a Casual. But Casual. Yeah. That's the same Yeah, one. Oh, yeah, her. Maybe. Yeah. But obviously she should have won, got an Oscar nomination for Malignant, and Malignant got snubbed. Is she actually in Malignant? Yeah, she's the sister. The girl from God Bless America. The girl who does all the shooting and killing. She's in... Man, I think you're thinking of someone else. No, she is. It's no, her. she's not. The sister with the blonde hair. Uh, wait, is she the sister in God Bless America? No, she's the main girl in God Bless America. because yeah, that's the girl from Casual, and she's not in... God- she's not in uh... I think you're wrong about both of those. Yeah, it's Tara Lynn Barr. Roxy. That's what? Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, she's the main 
She's the door in casual. She's not in malignant. She's malignant. No, look, she's an actress in 25 things and none of them are malignant. I think you're completely wrong. No, I think you're wrong. Your face is wrong. One sec, let me... No, come on, get on it. I'll do malignant Googling. You get on with your review. Mm, I'm right. No, it's McKenna Grace, mate. McKenna Smith. No, it's McKenna Grace. You're wrong. Mackenzie Brooks Smith. Yeah, you're wrong, mate. No, it's not her. I don't know. Someone from... Is it Malignant? She's in it. No, Shut she's up. not. No, you got it wrong, mate. Your face is wrong. No, it's a different girl in God Bless America. You're fucking wrong. Is there an alternative ending to the Malignant? How could there be an alternative ending? The film's perfect. Well, Malignant it? could win. No, because then you wouldn't have a sequel. Well, yeah, you would, because Malignant won. <sighs> Come on, get your review done. I'm trying to talk about Malignant. <laughs> Come on, get your review. You're gonna do. Are you gonna do Boba Fett? I guess I have got to do book of Bob, book book of. Well, you Bob, don't need to. You can. You can Bob, the Bob Fett show. Yeah, Mandalorian 2.0. Um, book of Boba Fett was a show where they took an action figure and gave him a character, <laughs> and then loads of man babies cried about it because they decided years ago that Boba Fett was the most toughest, badass, coolest person in the world. What you mean, Boba Fett isn't coolest? Let's list things Boba Fett did. Fell he, he stood, didn't shoot a Wookiee, and fell, then in, fell in a hole. Oh, he said he wanted to pay him. Yeah. And then in between falling in the hole and breaking out the hole, he put on like 40 weights and 40 pounds in years. Um, but anyway, it's fine. you got to flesh him out somehow because he's not a character. I don't think he was ever even... I don't think they have him in Clone Wars or anything like that, do they? Or Re- maybe Star Wars Rebels he probably turns up in. Um, he didn't even get his own game, did he? Django Fett got a game. Didn't he? Star Wars Bounty Hunter game. It was Django Fett. Yeah, you're right. Actually. Yeah. He was in Battlefront 2. Oh, well, you know, it wasn't a character that was it. I mean... He's Boba Fett. Yeah. But anyway, um... Yeah, it's, 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 it's fine. I thought all the flashback stuff was more interesting than all the Mos Espa stuff. I don't get why people were freaking out about the mod gang, no. <laughs> like, the Mos Espa as a location is like a port to Tatooine. Like, all sorts of people live there. It's always been this weird multicultural thing. It's it's like it's like desert London. It's like full of all sorts of different people from all over the place. Of course, there's going to be cyborgs there, and them riding around on friggin' Vespa scooters that float is like the most Star Wars thing that's been added to Star Wars for friggin' years. You should ask yourself, what does a Jewish guy in the '60s think is cool? Car culture and mods. Yeah, because I think Star Wars was always like. His whole thing was taking something that already exists, that's nostalgic to, to the person making it, yeah. and, like, putting sci-fi paint on it. But the thing is with, like, the modern Star Wars films, especially Rise of Skywalker and Force Awakens and Solo, um, less so Rogue One and Last Jedi, but mostly those ones, the only things they referenced was other Star Wars. Like, the only things they had to quote and the only things that were nostalgic to the people making it was Star Wars. And that's why those films just feel like empty, hollow, blooming, you know, cosplayers doing the whole horse. Whereas The Last Jedi was quoting films like friggin' Seven Samurai and Rashomon and friggin' quoted a 1921 silent film in one shot. Like, you know, Rogue One, as much as that one I think is kind of eh, at least it was referencing like Dirty Dozen and, you know, war films like that and the Dam Busters and stuff. It was like... He was quoting World War Two films, whereas Force Awakens' entire reference point was other Star Wars films. Um, 
But, you know, it's fine. That's what they did with the Boba Fett thing. Rod Rodriguez gets it a little bit because he did a lot of the episodes in this, didn't he? And he did, um, John indeed. Favreau produced and all that. Um, and, you know, stuff like that. It's fine. I like that. I like the biker gangs. I like all the Sam People stuff. It's cool. Why are they still calling them Sam People? It's so, so racist. Did you see that people got upset that they changed the name of Slave One, even though I don't think it was ever called Slave One in anything <laughs> outside of toys and all that. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> just give it another name. He just named it. He just called it what type of ship it was. The ship's not called Slave One. That's the name it was given. The ship itself is a whatever he called it. A friggin' spaceship thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But anyway, there's two episodes that are just The Mandalorian. And then there's a third episode, which is Mandalorian and Boba Fett shoot some people in the town. It's fine. And it's just basically all set up for Mandalorian Series 3. And then a robot, Luke Skywalker, like, is a bit of a dick to Yoda. <laughs> Baby Yoda. Um, the Baby Yoda thing's kind of awkward, because I think Luke, as a Jedi, should have been maybe a bit, like, as a new Jedi, should have maybe been a bit different to older Jedis. The whole thing where he's going, oh, you have to pick between the Mandalorian armor or yeah, the jet saber. Yeah, the choice thing is so fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah, for that sort of era, that's that was a sign of the old Jedi ways. Mm. And it kind of suggests that Luke didn't really learn anything new. Because the whole point of Luke is that he was meant to be a mixture of light and dark. Yeah. And this kind of, you know, Luke's not a white Jedi, a good guy Jedi. He's a, he's a mixture. He's got a bit of the dark side in him. Mm. and his whole thing is that he's constantly battling that maybe this was him battling it slightly but I kind of feel like you know he probably would have been like yeah fine have both whatever yeah. bit of armour it's not like he's wearing traditional Jedi gear he's wearing a black jumpsuit yeah yeah. he's wearing like basically what is like he is wearing a um... maybe they couldn't find the lines for Luke Skywalker to say have both yeah you know they need to artificially generate the AI I like, voice I, room. I kind of like the idea of Luke Skywalker just hanging out in a flight suit, ready to fly off in the X-wing or do whatever. Like I think that's cool. And like him as a Jedi, as you said, he should represent represent both sides of the Force. He should be a new type of Jedi anyway. Yeah. But then, like I suppose, Last Jedi kind of built up this whole idea that he went and obsessively held on to the old mm. teachings. And all that sort of stuff. And when he lost him, he lost his way and all the other shit. Well, no, he kept the old teachers, didn't he? But then Yoda, no, but when they burned, Ghost Yoda burned him up. Yeah. Ghost Yoda burns it all to the ground. And he lost his way and he didn't but no, know that what was to after do. he lost his way. I thought that once the Ghost Yoda burned it all up, he was like, Ghost Yoda, sorry. Once he burned it all up, that's when he lost his way. That's when he was like, I don't know. I know, because that was after, if, that was during The Last Jedi. That was, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, so it was, yeah. I thought that was in a flashback for some no. reason. Yeah, you're right. Jeez, but no, that was him like panicking that he's losing the sacred text, mm. and Yoda was like, "Fuck those books, man! Yeah, they ain't worth shit, mate. It's what's fucking in there." It's it's so weird that like Yoda talks weird. No, 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 no. That's not the thing. <laughs> he does talk weird. He talks like Craig Charles. Yeah. Um, it, what's so weird to me is that like Luke Skywalker, the figurehead for fucking Star Wars, and like one of the most successful properties of all time, and you know, just universally recognised. Alongside fucking Jesus and Santa and all the other shit. All my other favourite Star Wars characters. <laughs> Jesus and Santa. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you've got the chance here to do something cool with him and do something... And like like you say, he could be both sides. But instead, you're making Mandalorian that. A new character. Mm. I mean, he's a better representation of both sides of like the Force, the duality, the yeah. ideas behind stuff. He's even got a lightsaber. Which I, I, I have so many questions about the Darksaber. It comes from Star Wars Rebels. 
Yeah, I know. I I I I've heard that, and like, mm. it wasn't it wasn't it Khan Can? I can't yeah, whatever. What's Someone her face played by? What's her face? Had it for a yeah, while. Yeah, she had it. But why does it get heavier? So she'll come off of it. Uh, magic, space magic. Because it's light, isn't it? It's just like a lightsaber. Yeah, but it's space magic. Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Star Wars, isn't it? Because I, I was a bit frustrated with a fight where someone tried to take it off of him. And then like he won the fight without really using it. And I was like, so what's the point in you being the one to have it? It's a symbol. I know it's a symbol and like Mandalorians are meant to follow the person meant who has to have the saber. strength to not use it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe, probably, I don't know. He cut off his part of his leg with it at one it's point. He burned himself. It's really fucking cool the way they're using it. Yeah. Cuz he's not like he's not very good with it. I know. He wasn't very good with the with the spear either to be fair. <laughs> like he's not very good with traditional weapons. He's more like a blaster and rockets and you know. I mean, like, he needs to get some knee rockets like Boba Fett has. Yeah, the little side ones. Yeah. <laughs> I liked how the last episode degenerated into smashing action figures into your Mos Espa <laughs> playset. You got the Rancor out, just smashed it around a bit. Got the droids that were the wrong scale, so you had the giant droids. Yeah. Because they only had the droid decker droids before, but now they're, they're too big. They were the like Black Series droid deckers, yeah. and all the other figures were like the three-inch ones. So they're just like smashing the two big droids into the smaller figures. Yeah. That's what the last bit... <laughs> Um, I, I didn't like the last episode. It was my least favourite episode of the whole thing. I fucking loved the episode where it was just Mandalorian building a new fucking ship. Yeah. I really liked it. I'll just see people going, oh, I bet it's Anakin Skywalker's ship. Like, fucking no, it's fuck? just a Naboo Starfighter. Who gives a fuck? It doesn't have to be someone else's ship. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. It can just be a Naboo Starfighter. Who gives a fuck? Mm. He, anyway, but it's a cool looking ship. It's a cool mm. idea. I love the fact that the first thing that happens is he sees the X-Wings. Yeah. And the X-Wings are like, Hey, uh, just return to where you... It's like, yeah, of course I will. <laughs> it just flies up and it's like, oh, you can go straight into hyperspace without any build-up, without any speed-up or anything like that. And they're mm. like, well, we're not going to catch it. But normally it. you need a ring yeah. in those jets. You need the need the ring thing. Yeah. The docking do <laughs> thing. But, um, do you know the dads from... Um, what's that show? Kim's Convenience, the X-Wing yeah. pilot. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, a, it's, a, it's fun enough, but I guess... If you're going to watch Mandalorian season three, you've got to watch it now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that there was a bit more of the, like, I think probably the most interesting part to me was seeing Boba Fett navigate the criminal world. Mm. Like, you know, like stuff like where there, there were people saying, oh, let me clean your helmet for you. And it was a way of them giving people bribes and shit like that. Yeah. I like that shit. Wants like to buff his helmet. Yeah. Like the little bits here and there, like where you see that stuff, like the, the group of fucking assassins that are well known in the area. And they manage to capture one and they like trick him into giving him information because they drop him into the Rancor pit. Shit like that is cool. And like even the idea that the person who was selling him the Rancor was like potentially helping out the Fets and all this other shit. Like that's cool stuff. And it just, it was, it came to nothing. Like they didn't do anything with it. Well, we'll get that in Boba Fett season two. (laughs) But like you said, like the really interesting stuff was seeing the sand people and how they live. Yeah, I thought I liked the episode where he uh, did the train heist. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, like the way that he goes... Teaching them how to use the speeder bikes and all that. Yeah, you can use this technology and like they taught him... Like a bamfa. Like the way that they teach him how to use technology and stuff like that and how to survive in the... how to survive in the desert. And they all got killed. Yeah. Like sand people are want to do. They love getting killed. They do. Um, Especially I really, the women and children. God damn it, it's good to see Timothy Oliphant again looking sexy. Is it? I always like seeing Timothy Oliphant and stuff. I like so when good. Cad Bane showed up and I was like, I recognise that face from Toys, but I've no idea who it is. Yeah. And everyone on the internet was like, oh my god! Oh my god! It's Cad Bane! And then he kills him. 
it's the thing I know about the thing I saw. It's the thing from it's the same thing that Mandalorian did. It kept just going. Here's a thing you know already from Star Wars. Yeah, but Mandalorian had a lot more going on. Like that's the thing that I I, I think that is evident with this is that Boba Fett, if he's stuck in one area trying to build up something, they didn't really know how to make that as interesting as someone hopping around the galaxy making friends. We've still got another series set in Tatooine coming up. Really? Yeah, the Obi Wan series. Oh god, that's supposed to be starting in like May or something, isn't it? Oh fucking hell! So yet another Tatooine show. If he leaves Tatooine as well, that like. That really messes with like stuff. Mm. What I would like is if you do the Tatooine series and it's Sam Witwer has been sent to hunt down Obi-Wan on Tatooine. Oh, God, give me some Sam Witwer. Yeah. Because he'd be good. You could bring but him in. just to piss people off. Yeah, you could bring He's him in. He's not Luke Killer. <laughs> He's not Starkiller. I could just be the Jedi. <laughs> just be some other character entirely. He could just be the Jedi that that DNA was taken from because mm. Starkiller was a clone. There's a whole ton of them. Yeah, he was a clone, mm. wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I fucking... Yeah, I didn't mind it. It wasn't great. Um, and it was like Mandalorian. It was literally like Mandalorian season two point five. Yeah. And like you said, like the most interesting stuff was just they made sure that it existed, so you could have Mandalorian with Grogu and a new ship for the start of Matt series three of Mandalorian. Yeah, I didn't like the last episode of Boba Fett. That's the only thing that I didn't like. It's just because like a lot of it just didn't make sense. <laughs> a lot of decisions didn't make much fight. sense. Big old fight. Yeah. Just a big old fight just, in town. A lot of the decisions didn't make sense. A lot of the ideas behind it didn't make sense. Conceptually, it didn't make sense. Like, But, you know, fine. Whatever. They did what they wanted to do. Yeah. All right. Anything you want to say about Boba Fett? Are you going to watch Mandalorian? Like, would you say on the strength of this you're excited for Mandalorian Season 3? No, I just watch it because it's something that's on. Yeah. I really liked uh, I really liked the fact that Mandalorian is willing to sort of take its characters that live in between the grey and have them do interesting stuff, have them be interesting people, have some honour. I think probably the standout is Bill Burr's character arc in, over the mm. first two seasons of Mandalorian because you like you meet him as a uh, uh, assassin basically sent to kill Mandalorian and he gets taken out. Well, he works with Mandalorian. I can't remember. It was a heist episode, wasn't it? And then they get trapped in the prison. Yeah, he was one yeah. old guy from years ago, wasn't yeah. he? And then in the second season, they bring him back for that episode where it's just fucking one of the best episodes of Mandalorian so far, mm. where they do the train heist and all the other shit. Yeah. And then you get that that moment with, um, what's his name? Um, Richard, the guy who's in loads of horror movies. He does all the, he does all the um, Rob Zombie films. The American dude, he was in Doom as well. He's got a creepy face, sick back hair. Played uh, played a White Walker in the first series of Game of Thrones. No, never mind. Uh, but that guy, the Richard speech- Herring. No, the speech that he gives where he's like, where he's like, we lost a good Richard Madley. No, we lost a lot of good people that day, and like the the exchange between them two is so fucking tense. And then you've got Mando just sitting there without his mask, just like, I don't like this. <laughs> I want my mask back. <laughs> just the fucking the cold callous ideas behind the Imperials and we don't often get to hear about the Imperials we only see like Darth Vader and then every so often you've got someone saying it looks like we haven't defeated them all and it's like yeah great this is a character but then it's, you've got like this snide horrible human being who's like we lost a lot of good men that day and you're like oh this guy is oozing fucking horribleness mm. and it's just it's nice to have that realised in a character yeah but everyone thinks the Imperials all got the Empire got destroyed Right at the end of Return of the Jedi, they always think that's the end of it. 
Yeah, no, how would that be the end of it? It's a fucking intergalactic federation of monsters. Mm. It's like the WWE. Even if the WWE ends, there will be another I variation. I think for the next series, they should do an entire series of Mandalorian set on the casino planet from Last Jedi just to piss people off. Oh, and just have the kid sweeping with his mind powers in the background. Yeah. Oh, how dare some random kid who's not related to a Sky... I bet he's Luke Skywalker's illegitimate son. I bet Luke Skywalker once was really hard on cash and he gave some sperm to a sperm bank. Yeah. And then someone's mum was like... He used to just teleport it away. He's forced, forced yeah, translocation. just like his dad. Yeah. Just like his dad. She got pregnant with the Force. Mm. And yeah. Oh, it's fucking stupid. Star Wars is fucking stupid, let's face it. Space wizards fight each other with glowing sticks. It's serious science fiction. It's serious science fiction. I want to hear anything said bad about it. I don't like it when people do things that are different. Anyway, what a great character. Um, what's another shitty background character he can make a Snide team? Snide Babago. What was his name? Plo Kloon. Let's oh, do yeah, Plo Kloon. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, Dexter Jetster. Let's have a series about Dexter Jetster. Doesn't he become a robot? With Dexter Jetson. Yeah, he's a lizard man at one point. And he no, he's a just a, he's a big he's the big guy who runs the the fifties diner. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, you remember the fifties diner that was yeah. in do, do, the prequels? Do, 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 but apparently, fifties Vespa mopeds are completely out of the realm of possibility for Star Wars. One of the things that I liked and wasn't really actually said in the series is that the the moisture miners, the Vespa people, all had prosthetics where it was obviously a dangerous occupation and they were losing limbs and being injured by doing it mm. and somehow they were the villains because they wanted a bit more water so that they could do something outside of work from moisture vaporators yeah and it's the main source of income on tatooine because yeah. um it's not much moisture there used to have used to have oceans tatooine did do you know what right you know the doctor's probably the biggest biggest uh, the, um surgeon guy played by he's played with some rapper wasn't he was he yeah I can't remember who it was. Tyler the Creator? No. One of these young ones. You know the young types that Chance people rapper? like now? Probably. I don't know. Young blood or something. I don't know. I don't know. Debate. Yeah, say baby. No, because baby's a racist. No, not a racist. A homophobe. No, probably baby. <laughs> probably baby then. All right. Is that you done talking about Boba Fett? Your favourite action figure ever. I don't know why you talk bad about it when you've got 16 of them. Oh, but I've got 16 Boba Fett yeah, action figures, have I? Look at them all. Jesus Christ. Is that a black series or is that a limited edition that you've How got? How many in? episodes of Book of Boba Fett was there? Six. No, there's seven. Was there seven? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it might as well have been six. Who gives a fuck? It was actually only three with Boba Fett. Why did they blow up Jessica Beals, though? Who? She was the woman running the... Jessica Beals. Who? Jessica Beals. She's a legendary actor. Actor. The one who's married to Justin Timberlake. No. The anti-vaxxer. No. The lead lead actress from the film Nailed, in which she gets a nail in her head. No. Alongside Jake Gyllenhaal, who plays a congressman no. who helps her. Oh, okay. Paul Thundercat. Rubens. Oh, okay. Thundercat was the rapper. Oh, Thundercat's awesome. Yeah, he was the guy doing the. Oh, really? Surgery. Ah. Yeah. If you get a chance to listen to Dragon Ball Durag, it's actually a really good song by Funny No, Jennifer Cat. Bills was the Twi'lek woman who was running the bar. A lot of people say that them changes is She's in Book of Eli. But in all, all honesty, Dragon Ball Durag is probably my favourite. There you go. Uh, just song. to give you something modern, she was, she was in the Swamp Thing TV series. She's an incredible bassist. Was she? Yeah, she was... Um, that needs a second Godzilla series. Cable. I'm so sad that that got cancelled, because that's a really good show. 
but people my age will remember her from. Hold on, I've got to go to the bottom of the IMDb. Um, the Fog. Let's see. The Fog. The Fog. Flash Dance. The Fog. She wasn't in the Fog. Yes, she was. She wasn't in the Fog. Yes, she was. Just, uh, Jennifer Beals was not in the Fog. Anyway, my review. I'm going to review Peacemaker Season 1. I say Season 1 because Season 2 has been greenlit. Gosh darn it, that's a good thing, isn't it, Anne? Yeah. So, I don't really know what they're going to do with Season 2, though. Uh, so, Season... I don't season... know, it's probably going to be about a, um, a maladjusted infant man. Who... Well, no, like, like loads of like the shit that really affects... But do you know what happens to Peacemaker in the comics and what his whole thing is? Because they haven't actually reached his whole thing yet. I, 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 you know, you're going to have to remind me. So, Peacemaker believes that his helmet absorbs the ghosts of the people he kills... And they haunt him and he brings knowledge from them after they're dead. So he's haunted by the ghosts of people he's killed. Oh, cool. For peace. And claims he's a pacifist. Oh. So, he um... Is. He is in his own way. Um, Peacemaker Series 1. It's showrunner James Gunn has brought back probably the worst human being that was a member of the team in the new Suicide Squad film. The worst surviving member of the Suicide nah. Squad. Um... Because even like um, even even uh, King Shark was uh, was you know killing to eat the people that he killed and had some semblance of friendship and caring, whereas Peacemaker was just whatever he needed to do for peace. Like it doesn't matter, he'd do it, no questions asked. If he's told it's to keep the peace, he'll do it. Um, in this series, we find him waking up, recovering after being shot in the neck by dead uh, by bloodshot in the last or bloodsport. Sorry, by in the last Deadpool two. Yeah, in uh, in Suicide Squad and Deadshot uh, two, and he escapes the hospital pretty quickly, only to find out that he has been recruited into another team by Amanda Waller. This time, as the muscle of a group of people trying to stop the butterflies, who are an alien race that go inside of the human's body, think invasion of the body snatchers style. Uh, oh no, sorry, the, the Puppet Masters, sorry. They're an alien race that goes to the human body and puppet us around to what seems to be create some sort of nefarious new world order. Ooh. That's 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 the that's the gist of it, right? No. Along the way, Chris Smith, who is Peacemaker, has to um played by John Cena, has to sort of struggle with his own shortcomings, his own history, and you know, what it means to either be a hero and what peace actually looks like or if he even believes in peace anymore even if he if he even believes that peace is achievable anymore um yeah I think that's it right much like the boys the Amazon series Peacemaker uses humour it's mostly very very juvenile humour mixed in with with a lot of uh, really really crazy gore to uh, to tell the story, and also to cushion. It shows the... about him figuring out what order his best friends are in. Yeah, it goes eagerly first all the time. Uh, mm. the, the running gag of him almost constantly overestimating Eagerly's abilities is one of my favourite. <laughs> Especially the end when he gets called out for it. it's like Eagerly drop this over there, and Eagerly keeps just prodding the helmet, and playing with it. Um, I fucking love there is an episode where he has to escape from his trailer because the police have found yeah. him because of the diary 
And as him and him and Vigilante are running through the woods, Eagly is just fucking killing people like crazy. And Vigilante, like being surprised at that, going, wow, Eagly's actually kicking a lot of ass. Because for the most part, Eagly is kind of just a joke within the, within the series. It's just like, he's got a pet bald eagle. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, of course he does. He's, he's peacemaker. Um, yeah, I really fucking enjoyed this series. I really, really enjoyed this series. There are there are some incredible action sequences. Um, that intro sequence is brilliant. Have you seen that Alan Tudyk filled in on the initial shooting because John Cena wasn't available because he was doing he was doing the Suicide Squad and also I think Vacation Friends at the same time. So they've got screen tests for the lighting and stuff with Alan Tudyk doing all the moves. Because he just jumped in and helped Man, him. Man, was the voice of Eagly, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he did Eagly's voice. He made all the squawky noises. No, I don't think that's true. You always get Alan Tudyk to do the squawky noises. <laughs> Alan Tudyk does all sorts of stuff. But um, I think I think probably my standout character is Vigilante. He was just great. Just every everything he did. In oh, everyone series. loves a sociopath. He was just... He was the perfect sociopath for the for the missions they needed. Um, you were watching it the other day, and I popped in and sat down and watched a little bit with you. And uh, I sadly missed the episode, but the scene in which Peacemaker's struggling to shoot children and that woman, and Vigilante's like, "I'll just pop out the way." But I got this, and he does it. He's like, bah, 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 bah. like having a great time, just getting the mission done. Well, she should have put a buff of peace on the gun. That's like- true. That is true. Whenever I do it with a sharpie, it always looks shit. It always looks like a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it just hangs on him drawing it. Yeah. Like he shows him drawing the gut of a piece. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just really, really good. Um, I, I mean, I can't, I can't think of anything I didn't enjoy. Um, I was maybe not a, not a massive fan of the cameo at the end. Um, I thought that was funny because they shoot it like they're not going to have any of the Justice League there. And then it does have the cast. D. Bradley Baker voiced Peacemaker's pet body or eagerly. Yeah, and Tudyk was in the costume. <laughs> On the set. Just, yeah. Hello! Like, um, but Kamel, how is she going to get an eagle to hug someone? Like Kamel in, uh, in, in Murderville. <laughs> do a really shit walk. Do a bad walk. You know, hunt yourself and do some noises. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, really, really good. Really cool, um, the dragonfly design. Really awesome. The butterflies. The butterflies, sorry. Yeah, really awesome design. I like the fact that it, like, they straight up use some of the special effects ideas from Sliver, where they shoot someone's head off and the top of the butterfly is hanging about, like in Sliver, where they shoot it and the worms mm. dangling about. Um, and yeah, just all round. Really fucking good. Really enjoyable show. Unexpectedly gory in a lot of places. Um, and even characters like Judo Master are fucking great. I really like Judo Master, the idea that he's just, he's very good at martial arts. And, like, they keep underestimating him as well. They're like, you shot him. And it's like, yeah. There's like, obviously a whole bit where they go into the room and Judo Master's not there. And he goes, where's Judo Master? Is he supposed to be here? He says, ah, I've got time to worry about this now. They just walk off. Yeah. So, I like I like the scene where Judo Master beats the shit out of all three of them. And then, um, and then what's his name? E- Eponymous? Economist. Economist. Runs him down in the van. It's like, yeah. oh, what I found. Yeah. Um, he jumps into the room and goes, ding dong, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, really fucking good. And like a lot of the stuff makes sense. 
there's a particular character who turns out to be a butterfly and they just explain how they knew he was a butterfly immediately. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. It's one of those <laughs> things where they reveal that to the audience long before any characters you know know it. Yeah. Which is a bit of a thing. That's a that's a no-no in TV. I mean, you're forcing tension when yeah. it's not needed. Um, you know, because that's just going to fall flat. Mm. But... um. No, it's alright. I thought some of the episodes they kind of drag out some sequences a bit overly long just to hit a 45 minute runtime. Like, they probably didn't need 20 minutes of the first, second episode to be him getting out of the apartment. Oh, no. No, they didn't. Yeah, no, yeah I know what you mean about that. I think that, that a lot, a lot of like, a lot of the um, John Cena shit, like, they're taking advantage of him being a wrestler and getting him involved in some of the stunts and stuff a bit more than they would. No, yeah, stunt, yeah, the stunt guy doing stuff. Did he? Yeah. Because that, that tower drop was pretty pointless. Yeah, that was a stunt, man. Yeah, I do like the end of that episode. It ends up being him a vigilante double teaming that that woman from the flat block. It's just like they're both smoking weed. Vigilante's like, I can't believe they legalized that shit. I would have killed you both for that five years ago because they're smoking mm. weed in the bed. Mm. <laughs> he's still wearing his mask when he's fucking people. Yeah, well, should be able to identify him. <laughs> How'd you hurt your toe? In an unrelated snowboarding accident. Mm. Vigilante was just, he was always the highlight. I loved, I loved the, the fucking, the episode where the white supremacists go after them and he just pulls a grenade and rolls it on the floor like, this is a great idea. And then the next scene, he's completely covered in shrapnel, bleeding out. And he's like, okay, I guess I'm just going to walk this off, am I? May he stop to say a cool line instead of moving away. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. I know um, Economist always comes through the late game save yeah. all the time. <laughs> the broken leg is fucking vile though, isn't it? He breaks yeah. his leg at, leg at the end where he's like, oh God. <laughs> it's like, no. And he still dragged himself a lot on a lot of field. dragged himself across the field. And there's a whole show always builds up about how... Um, Friggin' Adebayo is like, she keeps going, she's trained at shooting yeah. and stuff, but she's never shot anyone. No. But then that last sequence, she has a full-on action sequence, so she just, like, guns everyone down. It's not bad either. She's it's like, well shot. Oh, she can actually, yeah, she can actually do it. It's just that she's never shot anyone. It's almost a wonder, which was mm. pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like... Yeah, uh, I like Danielle Brooks. She's, um, she's an orange and a new black. Yeah, she is, she's yeah. That. I mean, she's, she is, like, that's the whole point is that she is... Out of all of everyone, she's the only one who properly connects with Peacemaker. Mm. <laughs> His drink is fucking vile. Mm. <laughs> but she is the only one who like properly connects with Peacemaker because she doesn't feel like she needs she's meant to be there either. Yeah. And um and like a lot of the show, you do sort of I found myself questioning why use Peacemaker when you've got Vigilante who's someone who's willing to do whatever in the name of, you know. Yeah, but Vigilante's like beyond being fixed. <laughs> yeah, he is a psychopath. Yeah, he's a sociopath. He doesn't sociopath, care about anything. Yeah. The difference is Peacemaker still cares about stuff. And you can manipulate him because like, of that. And there's even, like, you see when he was a kid, even his, him and his brother. Oh, yeah, like, like best friends. His brother then... was like, no, fuck white supremacists, rock and roll, yeah. all this sort of stuff. You know, like, you could tell that if, like, there's the best chances that if his brother hadn't died in the past, or oh, has he died? Um, that, like, he probably would have both of them would have hated their dad. Oh yeah. I think like, that if his brother was still alive, he would have been he would have probably been a lot better adjusted. Yeah. Like and he would have been smarter. That's kind of the whole crux of this mm. is that a lot of his development and a lot of what he believes comes from shit that he's read on the internet. Like yeah. or No, he believes everything on the internet. Yeah. 
But then he's actually confronted with a real conspiracy theory thing. In the, and he the, says, it's not the deep, deep state, Dad. That's completely different. The whole, the whole finale, the final part of the series, is he's confronted with a straight up, like, like whack job conspiracy theory. Yeah. And he has to choose to not believe it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's what it all boils down to. That, yeah. You know, maybe you could just use your head and think, no, <laughs> maybe this isn't the right thing to believe. Yeah. And then you send your friend flying into a giant bug. <laughs> that was fucking incredible. Yes. She e-hondas her way straight. <laughs> through, yeah. And then she drops out and they dump what must be 400 litres of blood and fake guts on her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know... Got gunged. That's the one thing about James Gunn. Like, you could never accuse him of not caring about his characters and knowing how to actually develop mm. them. Um, I you should mean, try maybe writing a main character that isn't a maladjusted man-child for once. You write what you know, mate. Like, <laughs> well, no, like his character, and he quite clearly self-inserts a lot as well. Yeah, he I mean, does. his girlfriend's in the show, and he quite clearly like constant. He self-inserts himself into Peacemaker, and then perves over his girlfriend through the show. Yeah, so you know, yeah, she is very attractive. You know, hope yeah. that still works out and stuff, because, you know... She might not be in season two. Yeah. I would like it if season two was, like, was just something completely different. But the problem... The reason I say I don't know what they're going to do with season two is because they have sort of settled most of Chris's stuff. Like, Peacemaker's shit is sort of... He's a decent person. By the end of it, he's sort of like... You know, he knows if he's doing something wrong or, like... He's got an idea of what the truth can be and how to find out and make decisions mm. and shit. Although you could also, the storyline about people's souls being absorbed into his helmet or whatever, we get some evidence. That's in the comics. Yeah, in this I think that he's just being haunted by his dad and it's going to mm. be more and more extreme. Robert Patrick though, what a fucking performance. Just being a racist prick. <laughs> they could have got James Woods for that. Role. Yeah, I mean he would have just, he would have probably reveled in it too much. Yeah. Um, apparently Robert Patrick's like a proper sweetheart as well so I don't know how he can't dance he can't dance no no, no but he was a proper sweetheart apparently so I don't know how he felt about playing a racist dancer um, I really like the scenes with him and Doctor uh, not Doctor um, Detective Shu Song Song sorry I just yes. come up with friggin racist names no for some reason <laughs> I said Shu because it's it's obviously something else I've watched at some point in the last couple of weeks um, but yeah he um when it's just them two just calling each other racist shit. And then she goes, oh, fuck, I've run out of generic white guys to mention. Mm. <laughs> um, I also like it's Peacemaker's little rant about, like, you could have made it anyone. And he lists off, he just constantly lists off people. Um, and also there is the scene where they think they found the factory for where the amber fluid that the butterflies eat. Mm. And uh, Adebayo goes in, she's like, just like, excuse me, can you? And then the woman's head just explained, he goes, X ray helmet. <laughs> like, that's just what a great little scene, just mm. fantastic. But yeah, really enjoyed it. I think Peacemaker's probably probably been been one of the better um, DC EU fucking things to come out of quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the DC stuff's like, it's, it's generally fine now. It's. It's just the it's, it has a really bad start. Like yeah. you have to sort of take into consideration. Zack Snyder's Justice League was overly long and tedious, but at least it was more coherent a thing than the original Justice League film was. 
Yeah. And, you know, Wonder Woman 84 is still fun. I don't know why people hate that film so I much. don't mind Wonder Woman 84. I didn't like the original Wonder Woman. It's just a fun film. I like Shazam a lot. Mm. Um, I liked Suicide Squad, the new one. I didn't like the original one, though, from 2016. It was dog shit. Um, I don't know why people still defend that film and ask for a fucking A-er cut. It's like, you can't... People on the Joel Schumacher shit. cut of Batman Forever now. Well. There's literally one deleted scene. <laughs> I just fucking... I don't understand, but... It's on the DVDs. You can watch it on the DVDs. It didn't add much. But yeah, I rewatched the Justice League before this, and, like, John Cena is just still playing the Peacemaker in that. The and Justice you, League? Not the Justice League, sorry, Suicide Squad. Hmm. Um, after finishing watching Peacemaker, and it was just like... You just that through line worked perfectly. Like yeah. from the end of Suicide Squad through to this whole series, just great. Just mm. perfect. Um and he loves that character. And you can kind of tell that he's like he's properly invested in doing it. And I like the fact that he did all the press in the piece. He was the only one to wear his costume to every press event. Well they made it a running gag during yeah. the after the film is Suicide Squad, aren't they? Yeah. They just kept wearing the costume everywhere. Just kept going for it. Um but yeah. I liked it a lot, and I'm uh, I'm glad that we're getting a season two. I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Uh, that shockwave helmet is overpowered as fuck, though. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> Where he does it the first time, and it just obliterates that woman. Yeah, it's just like, all right, cool. You never did use a scabies helmet. No, I thought that was fucking funny though. It gives everyone within a one mile radius scabies. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, people should like you know experience hardship. I also like the fact it's like it's like I've got that's the anti gravity helmet. Okay, so you say anti- activate anti gravity, and it's like yeah, and then I've got like usually a little fan that I use that directs me. It's like oh guys, guys, yeah. He has a um, I think he has an invisibility helmet in the comic, and there's a um, does have a jetpack. Oh yeah, he asks for a jetpack in this, but he gets a he gets a flight module thing. Yeah, in the comics, but there's also another version of Peacemaker that's like all fucking. Looks like something from a Rod Liefeld thing where he's got the way robot. too much shit on There's him. also a robot yeah. version in the future that's commissioned by Batman yeah. to protect Gotham City. Um, but yeah, like, I just liked it. I just enjoyed it. You know, well written, a lot of fun. And uh, it's a series that wasn't, you know, wasn't too up its own ass to call itself out for stupid shit as well. Didn't have Greg Henry in it. No, it Where didn't. Who was Greg Henry? Who, is, has, who, is, who did Greg Henry play in Suicide Squad? I don't know, but he's not in suicide. He's in James Gunn stuff all the time. Yeah, he is, yeah. Where's old Greg Henry? Where's our Lloyd Kaufman cameo? I suppose he's an invalid, so. Is like, he? Well, he's like 800 years old. Is Lloyd Kaufman like. No, he looks. He's like 90. Yeah, but he's still doing stuff. Yeah, but it's COVID and stuff. Oh, yeah. You yeah, only yeah. drag the really expensive actors out when it's COVID, like Patrick Stewart. Yeah, that's true. They had a COVID outbreak on the set of Picard, didn't they? They had to kind of Did stop they? filming for a while, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. It's one thing letting the Queen catch COVID, but if Picard catch COVID, then I'd be outraged. Because they're filming season two and three of Picard back to back, aren't they? To get as much of it done before Patrick can't walk anymore. He dies. Well, he's a robot now. He can walk wherever he wants. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Peacemaker um a Kate Blanchett. Uh, oh, it's very 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 good. They should do a Kate Blanchett that I know. I want to hang out with Kate Blanchett. We'll just ask her. I'll be like, hey, Kate, do you want to play Bomberman with me? Hey, Kate, do you ever take asparagus, steam it real quick, but then put it in a bath of ice? What do you call that? What do you? What, what is that called? It's called blanching it. Hmm. Kate blanching it. Oh, right. Okay. I wouldn't have asparagus. It makes your pee smell. 
It's good for you, though. Yeah. Um, so it's beans. Oh, I fucking love beans, mate. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. Poop. What? The more you toot. No, you shit. No, from Simpsons. It's one oh. Not Simpsons. Anyway, that's been Crit Apocalypse episode 180. And I've been Matt, you've been Ant. You can find Ant at Mellow Gaming on everything. You can also find Ant's Bot Collection. And also Wild Will's Hat on Tumblr. Tumblr, yeah. On, tum- on Tumblr. Twitter. You can also find him at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. And you can find me at Critopodcast or Critapocalypse on everything, essentially. I think I'm Critopod. On Xbox now. Oh, you just don't know. You're not sure. I'll find out and I'll put it on the thing. Put it on the feed. Um, as always, Boris Johnson fucks kids. And huh? anything you want to say at the end of the episode? How could you accuse a well-respected statesman Nobody such as respected. Boris Johnson? No one respects. Oh, and Jacob- Do you know whose fault it is that the Queen got COVID? Jacob Rees-Mogg fucks kids. What? Do you know whose fault it is that the Queen got COVID? Her son. It'll be that Meghan Markle. Oh, yeah. Or that Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, Kirby Jorbin. Kirby, Kirby Corbyn. <laughs> Kirby Jorbin did it. Yeah. Um, He's behind everything. He, he just wants power. How is his brother not in prison? Did you see that? Probably because of his connections to Jeremy Corbyn. Kirby Jorbin didn't get his brother out of prison. Um, did you see that they, him and a bunch of other anti-vax idiots robbed a fucking... Um, vaccine station. What? A bunch of fucking cunts went and stole vaccines. They probably kept them for themselves. Yeah, anti-vaxxers are fucking morons, guys. We drank them. No. Anti-vaxxers are some of the biggest fucking morons on the planet. Yeah. They're so fucking stupid, mate. Like, I'm sure that one day, you like, they'll look back at... admit they're scared of needles. But they're not. Because they're intimidated by so the size of them. Of them. So many of them. Because they're so much bigger. Because <laughs> they've got needle dicks like yeah. Rob Schneider. Yeah. And his wife, Jenna McCarthy. Fucking idiots. Are they still married? Probably. I mean, who's going to marry an anti-vaxxer? Other anti-vaxxers. Jessica Bill's an anti-vaxxer. No, she's not. Yeah, she is. Jennifer Bill's Bills. No, not Bills. Jennifer Beal. Jennifer Beals. No, Jennifer Beal. Who's Jennifer Beal? The woman from fucking Blade Trinity. Oh, is it Jessica Beal? Jessica Beal? No. The woman from Blade Trinity, she's an anti-vaxxer. She's married to Justin Timberlake. He brought sexy back. Isn't that Jennifer Garner? No, Jennifer Garner was married to Bruce... No, to Ben Affleck. They met on the set of Daredevil. He was like, I'm playing a blind guy, which is convenient because you're not very attractive. You could just be like, I'm not staring at your tits, I'm blind. <laughs> no, Jennifer Garner's quite pretty. Just, uh, I'm not... She's alright, Jennifer Garner's alright. She should have been a more famous actor. If only she hadn't done Electra. No, she went and had babies and became, just sort of looked after being a mum instead. No, she started doing she Christian movies. She did the Jessica of, um, Alba thing. She started doing Christian movies, mate. Yeah, well, sometimes she Jessica Alba is a millionaire for fucking makeup. Yeah, yeah, she gave up acting because she was like, I can stay at home and look after kids instead. No, she was like, I can make more money doing makeup. And shit. the last big film she did was with um, Casey Affleck, so. Really? Yeah, the, the um that one where he beats women to death. The messed up one. Can't what's called. The one wait, you sure it wasn't a documentary about his life? Well, it was I think someone cast him because they thought it'd be yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. 
Anyway, that's been Credit Apocalypse episode 180. Um, see you all later. Have a good Quiet. one. Yeah. You can no. see the Batman. That's going to be your next, next review. Yeah. Yeah, Batman's out in 10 days. It was like 20 hours long. Is it? Yeah, it's like that. I'm going to have to pee like six times. No. Uh, with your small bladder. With my anxiety-based pee. I mean, disorder. chances are you keep peeing a lot because you drink two litres of ginger beer in one go. Well, I'm doing that because I really like ginger beer. Yeah, that'll make you pee a lot. I've heard that it prevents you getting gingivitis. No, it's not. What? No. What? Brushing your teeth will stop you getting gingivitis. All right, you fucking witch doctor. Were you fucking... What is it? Are you going to tell me to eat poo to get rid of my migraines? I've never had gingivitis, so... No, nor have I. Hmm. Yet. Hmm. Are you done now? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of done, mate. Oh, I bought a Switch OLED. (laughs) That's pretty good. You talked about that last time. Did I? Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Wait, did I review it last time? Yeah. Okay, right. Mike, bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Oh, meerkat.